Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council and episode 292 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, which reminds me, of course, to shout out to Tof Morris, who is still a $5 a month backer over on Anchor.fm. Thank you very much, Tof, for supporting this as a podcast, and you can listen to this after the fact, also on all major podcasting platforms by looking up Welcome to Asgard Podcast. Tonight, I am back at the movie theater this week, y'all, and it has been pretty fun. Even though the films have not really been all that great so far, it has just been fun to be back in an actual movie theater the other day, getting to actually be in an IMAX theater. It's been many months since I have been back. Obviously, it's it's been uh, not since the beginning of the pandemic. Obviously, I've been back a few times since then, but once the school year starts, you all know it becomes that much more difficult to actually get into a theater because of the work schedule, because of getting home after the fact and spending time and dedication, uh, dedicating time rather to the family and everything. And so having this week off from school, not only is it a time for me to be able to recharge those batteries, but also able to actually get into an actual movie theater. And it's just, there's just something about going to a theater that is not similar that is not comparable even if you have a great system set up at home uh, as to watching a film at home and to watching a film through a streaming service there's just something unique and special about it and so it has been a lot of fun to be back tomorrow I'll be going to see Venom 2 finally Venom 2 tomorrow will be the third film this week I might try and see if I can get a film on Thursday however the only film that's going to be available at the right time slot that I have not seen that would fit into the parameters of films that I have a, I guess, general interest in eventually seeing to be able to talk about and review is a movie that I don't really know if I want to actually get a ticket for, and that is Shang-Chi, which uh, has obviously been out long enough so that if I were to go see it, most of the money, by the way, I do have AMC uh, A-List, so I have AMC A-List, which allows me to get some free movies during the week, and it's like a subscription service, and it's actually, if you go to the theater a lot, I think it's actually a pretty uh, pretty good service, to say the very least, but um, at this point in time, when a movie's been out for this long, most of the money will go to the actual theater versus the actual studio at this point, so that might be one way to kind of justify it, however... Obviously, there's some issues there because I really don't want to see Shang-Chi, but I feel like I kind of have to, especially if I'm going to be able to talk about it, if I'm going to be able to critique it in the future, if I'm going to be able to mention it, of course, in box office, future box office breakdowns. I think it's important to have kind of had at least that that sense of seeing it. I think it's going to be on, what, Disney Plus relatively soon, I imagine, because uh, I think we're almost at the 45-day, we have to be close to the 45-day theatrical window and so maybe I could hold off on that and just wait for it to be available there. I don't know, but I do want to try and see as many movies this week as I possibly can. So let me know your thoughts about whether you think I should see that film on Thursday or not. But while we wait for some people to join us, we are live on YouTube, on DLive, on Twitter, and of course over on Odyssey as well. So shout out to everyone wherever you are watching. Let's go ahead and see who is in the chat. We got Derek McManus who is here early. Hello to you, Derek McManus. We got Snorter Poopus Cuber. What's going on? Hello, homans and other quitters. How's it going? 
How's it going, Snorter Poopus? Brian Barth, what's going on, good sir? Thank you for tagging me. If you have a comment or question that you want read aloud, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. Let's me know you're trying to get my attention. Unless, of course, you are a YouTube member where part of your membership is not having to do that if you have a comment or question. And, of course, there's always the ability to super chat or donate via Streamlabs. Recommend the Streamlabs donation because YouTube don't get none of that money. Bruce with the upside down. Smiley face. What is going on, Snorter Poopus? What is going on, Bruce? We also got IRA Darth Aggie. What's going on, good sir? And says, enjoy the break. Thank you very much. It's been very nice so far. Very nice. I was able to see Dear Evan Hansen today, and I have a lot of thoughts about that movie. As some of you know, I have a musical theater background, and so I I love musicals. I've always been very much drawn to them, especially more modern musicals, because that's kind of what I grew up and what made me fall in love with theater was more of the modern musicals rather than the old school ones, which is why typically when I bring up musicals, people like to think of the classics and not that there's anything wrong with the classics because there are several that I really thoroughly enjoy. I do like much more of, of the modern take or at least the more modern Broadway sentimentality, at least up until like the last few years where there have been some shows that have been just a little too much for me. But the music for Dear Evan Hansen is is phenomenal, and so I actually was kind of looking forward to seeing a film adaptation that I didn't know was happening until the trailer randomly dropped a few months ago. And uh, let's just say there are some films that don't transition well. However, this film, I don't think transitioned well, not because of the show. I think it actually has a lot more to do with the director, which is odd to say, only because... Uh, I think his last name is Chabowski, who has done things like Perks of Being a Wallflower and others. I- I've really always enjoyed the work he's done. I've always felt he works really well, especially with with younger cast, with the high school setting, high, high school atmosphere. But there were some issues with this one. I'll-, I'll get into that in a little bit. Keely Chow, what is going on? Hail to you. Glad to have you back. We got the Empress of the Universe, Tina B, in the chat tonight. Hail to you. Thank you for being here. And yes, indeed, Stephanie B, not going to... Uh, likely be in the chat tonight. Uh, but again, thank you for being here. Anono Moss, thank you very much for being a member on the channel saying about to leave to get dinner. Just stop by to say hello. Well, hello, Anono Moss. Hope you have a wonderful dinner. Andrew Hoyle, who is a member, says, well, all I can say is let's go, Brandon. Yes, indeed. Let's go, Brandon. That's all that we need to know. By the way, the film Dune, I was looking ahead. I still need to check in with the schedules with the wife to make sure everything works out. Uh, There are, of course, opening showings of Dune starting around 6 p.m. in the area near me. And the IMAX showing, which is the one I wanted to go to, actually is, is it's pretty well sold. It's not close to being sold out, but it's pretty well sold to the point where there aren't any good middle seats left even at the other uh rows for instance like a lot of the rows are actually are actually pretty full i would say that maybe half the theater itself is actually full if we're going by actual raw seat number but it's a pretty good sign pretty good early sign for the film dune at least in my area my neck of the woods so if i'm able to go see it early i would love to go see that film on thursday uh, because then obviously i'm sure we'll talk about on friday night tights And also, you all know, I'm a huge fan of Denis Villeneuve, and so far I've been hearing some pretty positive things, been hearing some pretty good things. People who are normally critics of Denis Villeneuve have actually been saying positive things about this film, so makes me kind of happy and excited to see what he was able to do with the film. Kitty Bear, Crazy Dutch Bastardando, what's going on, Kitty Bear? 
Welcome to the chat. Glad to have you here. Matthew Highland in the chat. What's up? Joey Horn. What is going on? Says, que pasa? What's going on with you? How's it going? Orange Eye Reviews. Hail to you, good sir. Thank you for being here today. My Fractured. You can finish the rest. What is going on, Fractured? Welcome back to the chats. We got Gmonkey76. Hail to you, Gmonkey. How is it going? Glad to have you here. James Dashier in the chat. What's going on? We also got Alice McCarthy. Or J. Ox McCarthy Jr. Saying, howdy, ooh, and how's it going? How's Thor? Have you seen Many Saints of Newark? I've not, because I, I've never seen The Sopranos. And I feel like I would need to watch The Sopranos to truly appreciate The Many Saints of Newark. And so I think I'm just going to hold off on it if, until, if, and whenever I watch the series, The Sopranos. I don't know. I, I've been told that I could watch it, and I would do fine. It wouldn't be something where I would have had to have known or seen the original uh, show to to get everything but I'm sure there's going to be some references and there's going to be some things in there that are going to very much be reliant upon knowledge of the source material and so I feel like I, I kind of have to see the series before that and I don't really know when I'll have time to watch the series over especially other series and other films that I, I have much more interest in so no I've, I've not seen that one and it's not really on my radar, if I'm going to be honest. But thank you very much for checking in. Uh, Baby Thor, he's almost one years old. Almost one year old. It's crazy. Matthew Highland, what is going on? Hail to you. We got Laura Story, the modern major general of the channel. Hail to you, Laura. Thank you for being here. Scott Miller in the chat saying, hail, hail to you, Scott. Evan S., what is going on? Welcome back to the chat. Thank you for being here. Keck44 in the chat. Hail to you. Hannibal Grimm coming in with the fussy, fussy, fussy. Yes. Thank you for being here. James Nashier. Tag to say, I will watch No Time to Die when it comes out on 4K and see what I think of it. Well, it's already being uh, sold on 4K. I know the pre-orders are already up, I think. Uh, every time I pull up the My Movies app where you can follow Blu-ray and 4K pricing, it's already up. So they're clearly already thinking about trying to make some money there. And... The film's over $300 million worldwide. It has to make seven fifty minimum to break even. So it's got a long way to go. And I had someone leave a random comment, one, dis- disagreeing with the assessment that I made that the film is not rewatchable, which I still stand by. The, the film really doesn't have a lot of rewatchability to it. Unless you're going to watch every single film in the Craig installment of Bond, there's no reason to watch it. Like, I just think that there's, there is a level of objectivity to that statement. That the rewatchability just really isn't built into the film, especially at two hours and 43 minutes, and it being so heavily reliant upon the other films to make any sense of it, you know? And the same person also, in another comment, said, oh, this film's going to easily make over $800 million worldwide. And I'm like, I, I don't know what numbers you're looking at here, but... For it to make over $800 million, it would have to overperform in every market that is not the United States by an insane degree. And theoretically, it's possible, but the chances of that happening just aren't very likely. Essentially, it would need to get a guaranteed China release with a massive showing in China to even get close to that number. And even if it does get close to that number, if that is mostly from China money, they only get 25% of that. And so... In the end, it's still not enough for it to be able to make the money back. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on <laughs> with the couple of comments that I found on that, but it was kind of weird. The new number two, what's going on? A good sir, Dean Heiss. How is it going? 
James Dachier says the movie Free Guy is worth buying on 4K. I think it was it was fine. It's not no. I J- James, I would strongly disagree with you there. All right, Free Guy is a fine film. You know, it's it's silly fun. It's not a film I ever feel I need to watch again, let alone own. It, it's not one of those kinds of movies, it's, especially on on 4K. It's like nah, I don't think it. I don't really think it fits that level. I think it's fun, but that that's about all there is to it, James. Uh, let's see. Evan S says, given that Baby Thor is a year old tomorrow, is he walking yet? No, not yet. He is able to stand. He's able to pull himself up into a standing position and hold himself for several, uh, like, I think, I think we're up to like 30 seconds or so. So he's very, very close. Basically, what everyone's been saying is when he's ready to walk, he will be walking. So Baby Thor is very, very close. Andrew Hoyle, I already see what you're trying to do before I even watched it, as far as your comment is concerned, before I even read it, I should say. So what you're saying is you'd watch the expletive at the cinema, you'd have loved it. No, Andrew Hoyle, that's not what I'm saying. And yes, I said expletive where you put the name of that film because not even the IMAX experience could have saved the clear objective issues with the storytelling. See, the issues with that film were, were the storytelling specifically. And it was it was pretty key elements of the storytelling. Let's uh, see. Sort of Poopus says, I'll be taking up space in an IMAX show of Dune on the 22nd. It's worth the effort to move my furry bulk. Yeah, it, it sounds like it is. It, it's gotten a lot of really solid reviews from people that I trust. And even Gary did a review of it the other day during his stream. I, was able, I wasn't able to watch the entire stream, but I was able to watch the part when he starts talking about Dune. And he has been very critical of Denis Villeneuve's films before. And you all know, I'm a big fan. Uh, I loved Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, is it slow and prodding? Absolutely, but guess what? Some of the greatest films are slow and prodding. <laughs> Some of the best films that exist are able to move you not with sheer just action, but with the sheer scope of the world that's being built. And I don't think anyone can deny the incredible world that is built by, at that time, Denis Villeneuve and Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, who is the one who actually built those shots. I think that that was a great team, and it ended up really doing well. And it really, uh, again, I love that film, for the visuals especially, for it. And uh, other films that by him as well. I mean, Sicario. Oh my goodness, Sicario is phenomenal. Uh, you also have, of course, Prisoners, which is fantastic. Arrival is the one film, the one of the mainstream films he did, where I can understand the arguments of why people don't like it. Because that film... I think gets convoluted in its story for sure. But everything else said about his other films, I I just, I don't know. I feel like that is much more of a subjective point of view than anything else. Because I think that he's just, he's just so on his game right now. He's one of the few Hollywood directors where he just knows his stuff and he, he, he just does so well with what he's given. Anyway, uh, Laura says, any plans on watching Squid Game? I think so. I was watching a uh, PewDiePie video. First time I'd seen a PewDiePie video in, in a long time, in months. And it was him and Jabsepticeye playing uh, a version of Squid Game on Roblox. And it made me intrigued. It made me intrigued, to say the very least, to, to look into it. So, <laughs> I think I am. I believe it's a Korean series. And you all know, I do tend to like Korean cinema, oddly enough. Uh, Orange Hour Views as a member says, Oh, I can predict what you will say on Venom 2. I won't spoil, but I will let you know how after your review I was right in my prediction. Ah, of course. Well, I'm sure it'll have something to do with the CGI 
I'm sure it'll have something to do because the CGI was an issue in the first film. I imagine it'll be just as much of an issue in this film. Uh, the after credits has already been spoiled for me, and I, it doesn't do enough for me personally, at least, to, to get me all that excited. Rosie G12, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Orange Hat says, I think Shang-Chi goes premium Disney Plus after 45 days, not free yet. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what happens to it after 45 days. All I would know is I would not ever spend the premium number that Disney charges after the film's been out for 45 days. Like, I think that Disney would actually be very unwise to do that. I think they would do better to have it available on video on demand for the standard like $20 or whatever for video on demand stuff, but not their Disney plus exclusive crap. I think that they should just put it on other streaming services for a regular cost. I think they'll do better if they do it that way or put it for free on Disney plus if they're going to do it at all that way, that that's my own thought here in the steadfast. What is going on? Hail to you. Thank you for being here. Awesome one. I see you in the chat. What's going on? Thank you for being here. Uh, the new number two, who's a member, says, I'm glad I don't have a YouTube channel so I don't have to watch these awful films for, quote, work. Yeah, and I do definitely make choices for some films to, you know, try and do the old razzle-dazzle, as I like to call it, where, you know, you get a movie ticket to the theater, so that way the theater gets the money, buy concessions, but then you go into the other film instead, so that way that film doesn't get any of your get any of your money. In the case of Shang-Chi, though, as I said... Most of the film or most of the money for the ticket would be going to the theater anyway at that point. Very little of it would actually be going to Disney because of how long it's been in release. If so, if I did if I did decide to go see that on Thursday at that time, you know, it really wouldn't fit that uh, situation. In the future, though, obviously, for when the Eternals comes out, if I decide to see a premiere of that, for instance, um, that would be one where I would be a lot more likely to do the old razzle dazzle, as I like to call it. Very fun to say the old razzle-dazzle. <laughs> uh, when I used to work at an AMC, uh, one of my uh, colleagues, Matt, used to say that a lot. Um, and the way he described it was when people would try and pull old popcorn bags out, like ones they had clearly not bought that day, and catching them. And, and he would be like, oh, they tried the old razzle-dazzle on you, didn't they? And I'm like, oh, that, that's a fun expression to say. <laughs> It was fun. I missed my time working there. Shout out to AMC Theaters, by the way. Uh, let's see. Scott Miller, what's going on? Good sir. Empress, yes. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member, says, I could use a break. I tried to sleep in this weekend, but the lawn gets mowed. 7 a.m. 7, 7 Saturday, and the building fire alarm chose to, building fire alarm chose to break at 6 a.m. Sunday. Dang, that sucks. That is awful. Wow. Yeah. Um... I've yeah I, I've haven't had a chance to sleep in in a very long time. Uh, when you when you have a baby that that kind of goes out the window. Uh, so I've been getting up at seven or earlier for for the better part of a year. For the better part of a year at this point, um, and it's probably gonna be that way for for a very long time. And it's okay. Uh, I actually like getting up early once I'm awake. It's the process of getting up out of bed. Once I'm out of bed and in my actual routine, I'm fine. And I actually I actually prefer it. I'm I'm much more of a morning person when I'm actually finally, you know, up and about. The other issue is that I I, I just can't 
sometimes will myself to get out of the bed. <laughs> That's where my issue comes in. Uh, Griffin Turbo, what's going on? Let's go, Brandon is in the chat. Let's go, Brandon. Andrew Hoyle, indeed, spelling it out. Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Griffin Turbo, what is going on? Thank you very much for being in the chat. Appreciate it. Now that another dive is a member is lurking. Hope, hope, hope you're doing fine now that another dive. Glad to see you here. Alice McCarthy says, I saw many saints of Newark before seeing Sopranos. You'll do fine. But that's the thing, right? You might be okay with it. I'm not. I- I'm, I'm not okay with seeing a movie based off of a series where I'm going to miss things. I, I, my own personal choice on that would be I'd rather wait to see the series before watching a film. I don't know. That, that's just how my own personal, uh, that's just how my own personal mind works. Soul Assassin, thanks for the tag, brother. Welcome, Mr. Grant Gregory, who is a member. Hail to you. Glad to have you here. Let's see. Tina B says, I watched Many Saints, then started watching The Sopranos. The fan base is upset with the creator. I'm binging Sopranos, and I wish I had seen it years ago. So good. Ah, so people are upset with the film. So again, that's something where I think it's kind of important to have some of that context, right? You all know me. I love I love context. Mr. Grant Gregory Whose member says, my partner watched Many Saints, says it's beyond disappointment, it's boring. Ah, is this one of those situations where Alice McCarthy just likes a bad movie? <laughs> we've, had many, we've had many situations like this before. He kind of knows the drill at this point in time. <laughs> uh, let's see, Not Another Dime says, Covalent is still the best Bond. And I actually got that reference. I forget the actual science, like the actual definition of a covalent bond, but I did catch it as a science reference. I feel like Jesse Pinkman right now. Yeah. Yeah, science. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's see. Matthew Highland tagged to say, have you seen the cast of the new Little Shop of Horrors movie? Well, first off, I didn't even know they were remaking Little Shop. Why? There's no need to remake it. There's already a a perfect version of of the like. There's already a perfect film version of the story out there, and it stars Rick Moranis, and it's phenomenal. It's fantastic, and I, I love it for all its weirdness, for all its kookiness. There's no need for it. It's like the same logic behind why are they doing West Side Story? There's no need for them to redo West Side Story. So I don't know who's in it. Um, I, if I had to take guesses, I would imagine that there's probably some issues with the casting, probably because there's some agenda stuff with the casting. I would not be surprised, uh, especially with the way you asked it. But no, I, I, I don't know anything about it. And I kind of just, knowing it exists, would rather it not exist. Rogue Disney, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here. Let's see. The new number two says, This particular Bond movie will not be getting any of my money. It was hard enough giving any money for the other Craig films. Not a fan. And as you all know, I am a fan of Casino Royale. I thought the film was fantastic. Quantum of Solace was complete crap. Uh, Skyfall, I thought, was solid. Spectre was bleh. And then this film also was... In my review, it was very hard to give it a grade because there's just, again... As a one-off movie in a series of films, it was fine. But then when you dive into like the deeper structure of the story, especially at the end when they kind of just throw certain things out and logically just decide to, you know, kind of give give up in the storytelling mode, 
it, it gets a little frustrating. So it was really hard to even review the film, let alone give a grade to it. And I know that there's some people, like one person commented, I think it was over on Minds, was like, crap's on the movie, still gives it a B-. minus." It's like, well, if you actually watch the entire review, I didn't crap on it the entire time. I, I did have positive things to say about it. And I still do stand by that as a, as a again, as a single shot ending for the Daniel Craig universe specifically, it's fine. It has story issues when you dive in deeper into it, but there are some good things in there. And you all know me, I'm not going to crap on a movie just for the sake of crapping on a movie. If you want to watch that, I'm sure there are plenty of channels out there where they will just crap on anything for the sake of crapping on it. Like, they will crap on anything for the sake of their audience, for for the sake of, of clicks and views. That's not me. Heck, my movie reviews, generally speaking, don't get a lot of traffic on the channel. Even even my own subscriber base doesn't care as much about reviews. Now, the people watching the stream are, are again, the hardcore fans of the Asgardian community. I know that y'all care a lot more. I see y'all in the comments section, especially on movie reviews specifically. But I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to give you my honest thoughts. And sometimes my honest thoughts are hard to really put together. You know? Talking about no time to die. Talking about no time to die. Alrighty. Let us see. Odd even 237. What is going on? Uh, the Physics Channel with Kenny Lee tagged and says, How's the fall break? Fall break is going wonderful. It has been lovely so far. been having a lot of fun actually being in a physical theater. As I said, physical theater, so great. 60 people watching on YouTube, please make sure you smash that like button, please. And uh, if you're watching anywhere else, if there is a button, click on it, please. It means a lot. It does mean a lot. But yeah, fall break has been a lot of fun. I also, I've been starting my mornings off doing some reading. So today I started going through, it was, it's, it's a Catholic social teaching uh, reader put together by uh, Peter Schwozneski. Uh, I've heard his name pronounced so many different ways. If you're a traditional Catholic, you've probably heard of his name that before, though, Peter Schwozneski. Uh, a brilliant, brilliant writer. And he put together a uh, basically a collection of various Catholic social doctrine, various uh, encyclicals and writings by popes throughout history. So I started getting through that today. I went through the syllabus of errors for the first time in my life. And oh, man, oh, man. There are a lot of things going on in the modern church that are clear violations of the syllabus of errors <laughs> that are very the, the very definition of modernism. So uh, uh, I started my day off with that, and then I was able to grade some papers today because there are some there is some schoolwork I got to get done over the next few days before the quarter uh, begins. And then I was able to watch uh, Dear Evan Hansen, and I was kind of disappointed to be honest. And I'll get to that in a second. Uh, let's see. Soul Assassin says, have you ever seen the show MXC? Don't get eliminated. I don't MXC. If that stands for something, I'm not getting it. I feel like the don't get eliminated makes sense. I've, I've heard this before, but that's about all I get. Robbie says, hello, Odin. Sounds like you don't dictate your sleep schedule. Baby Thor does pretty much, but luckily he's a very consistent little guy. <laughs> He's an incredibly consistent little dude. He's been sleeping through the night for uh, since he was like two months old. And we've counted every single blessing because we know most parents do not get that. Uh, Again, since two months, he has essentially slept through the night. And um, 
it's 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 nice you know get up in the morning and i get up usually a little bit earlier before seven and uh my wife takes the morning shift because that's really the the only you know core mama mama son time that she gets with baby thor and then i typically take the the evening when i pick him up from from daycare and then he spends a little time with papa and uh yeah it's great Kara Tharp in the chat, what's going on? Says mornings suck. Well, again, not everyone's a morning person, but Daniel Thorne says, has anyone pulled a trick so good at the movies that Razzle Dazzle turns into Razzmatazz? I don't know about that. Uh, I've never I've never seen a Razzmatazz pulled out. I have seen several try to pull the Razzle Dazzles. I've pulled my own. Uh, I've pulled my own Razzle Dazzle a few few times before. Let's see, Tina says, No, it's not the worst movie, and I know where Alex is coming from, but the fan base is upset about various things, and I get it. I think the creator needed to rewatch his creation. Yeah, it's never good when the creation that you have created and then the second creation that is based off of your creation doesn't match or has some issues. I don't know. Uh, let us see. Uh, the physics channel with Kenny Lee says a covalent bond is where atoms of a molecule share electrons. Ah, yes. Thank you for that. Alice McCarthy says, I've watched Many Saints twice and we'll be watching it now, but AEW Dark is on. Well, hey, at least you're watching good wrestling. At least you're watching that. Soul Assassin then says, You see the reboot Home Alone trailer, complete trash. They're rebooting it again? What? What? Why? You already had Home Alone 3, which was terrible. Wasn't there already another one after that, too? No, no, thank you. There's no need for that. No need for that at all. <laughs> uh, Robert Frey, what is going on? Orange Hat Reviews, as a member, says, As people say with The Princess Bride, in context uh, to the little uh, shop of horrors, you don't need to improve on perfection. Also, I recently watched Princess Bride, great movie. It is a great film. Absolutely is a fantastic film. And I know, yeah, it was one of those few films that's the first time that you had ever seen it. And uh, Princess Bride is, is a classic. It's always crazy to think that that is a Rob Reiner movie. Uh, and it's such a good one. And if you've not ever listened to the audiobook of the, of the, of the book, of the basically the autobiography, I guess, the behind-the-scenes, in a way, autobiography of... Um, uh, Carrie Ulls. Carrie Ulls did a a book called As You Wish, and I specifically would recommend the audiobook because he has several of the people he mentions in the actual audiobook. So Robin Wright comes in and does her own voice for the parts of the book. Rob Reiner comes in and does uh, the voice for his own parts. And it's fascinating to hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. There's a really beautiful tribute to Andre the Giant as well. And um, I would recommend it, as you wish. As you wish. It's fantastic. See, Andrew Hoyle says, Taron Edgerton in talks to play Seymour, Scarlett Johansson as Andre, and Billy Porter voicing Andre too. Dear Lord. Oh, goodness gracious. That doesn't even make sense. Taron Edgerton... And Scarlett Johansson, they're like, they're not even like close in age, right? If I'm thinking of the right Edgerton, Taron Edgerton's the one that was in the Kingsman, right? I I could see him pulling off a Seymour only because of his more recent film. Um, 
oh my goodness, he, he did a biographical film of a ski jumper recently in the last few years, and he was able to play a very like nerdy character. So I could actually see him pulling that up. I don't know if he can sing. That's kind of a big, important thing there. ScarJo, ah, I don't know. I don't know about that. And Billy Porter can just seriously go away. I don't know why Billy Porter is a thing. He can seriously just go away. After being a, quote, fairy godmother. No, just go away, please. Please, stay away from any musical from this point forward. And doing Audrey 2, they do realize the type of voice you need for Audrey 2, right? You realize that you need, like, a a deep, bassy voice. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that would be perfect for that role. Not Billy Porter. Now, I don't know if he can sing, but something tells me he could definitely do the voice for it. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, another one of my kind of underrated modern actors that I really like. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I don't know if he can sing, though. And again, I think it is incredibly important that you get people that can sing. Andrew Hayes, what's going on, good sir? Welcome. Let's see, Evan S. says, If Baby Thor isn't walking at year, how will he be able to defend the realm from frosty giants? Well, you know, it, it sometimes will, will take a little bit longer. Not not all baby Thors are walking at the year mark. Sometimes it's a little bit after that. <laughs> Laura, yes, coming in with the lyrics. I love I love lyrics where I can get the context. Your temperament's wrong for the priesthood. And teaching would suit you still less. Son, be a dentist. You'll be a success. There he is, girls, the leader of the plaque. <laughs> son I'm your dentist oh mama yeah that's the other thing too you can't do better than Steve Martin you can't do better than Steve Martin I'm sorry you can't do it Steve Martin as the dentist yes doctor sorry doctor and that's the other thing too Scar Joe, we all know is very much an activist she wouldn't do that role unless they're going to change the role of Audrey which is definitely not a, a modern female character. Not by the modern female character standards, at least. She literally wants to be a housewife. <laughs> she dreams of being a housewife. And is in an abusive relationship with a doctor. And needs to be saved by Seymour. So, there's no way that ScarJo would do that on principle, unless... They were going to change the story, and if you're going to change the story, then just don't do it. If you're not going to respect the source material, then just don't do it at all. But yeah, seriously, going back to the Billy Porter comment, though, again, feed me, feed me some more, feed me all night long. That's right, boy. You can do it, hell, feed me some more, feed me all night long. <laughs> I've always loved that character fun fun stuff to sing daniel thorne says how do theaters pay for vouchers when people use them for premium formats like dolby and imax uh well basically they give you a voucher because it means that the money you've already spent you keep like rather they keep they keep the money you've already spent it guarantees that you'll be back at some point in the future to come to the movies and also because you're coming for free even though really list realistically you're only saving a few bucks because you've already spent the money on the other ticket for the voucher that you're receiving. You are more likely also to buy from the concession stand 
of which they get the vast majority of their profits. So the mindset behind the voucher is, one, it's to, it is to try and make amends for any wrongdoing or for any issues that pop up, but also it's to enable the ability for the theater to make some money back at the stand, which is short for the concession stand, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh, Hardwick's back. What's going on? The original Roger Corman version of Little Shop of Horrors from the 1960s is still the best, but the 1980s musical remake was pretty good as well. Yeah, I prefer the 80s musical because I just love the actual music. I think the music is a lot of fun, though I will say I'm sad that they chose and changed really the ending to to a happy ending. Uh, For those that aren't aware, in the actual original musical, they don't go the happy ending route. They instead go with the original ending, which is the the plant wins. The, the plant eats Audrey. The plant eats, uh, you know, because Seymour is trying to kill the plant, eats uh, Seymour, and then takes over the world. <laughs> I mean, I would say spoiler. However, the original film's been from the 60s and then the musical from the 80s. And it's funny because, for those that don't know this, they actually did have the original ending where the plant wins and people hated it. They did test audiences with it and people hated it so much that they changed the ending to be the happy ending. And uh, and obviously it, it, it was much more successful because of that. But, and I, I want to say that then the, the footage of the original ending is out there. I don't know if it's ever been properly, I don't know if it's ever been properly restored and and put out like on on Blu-ray or 4K with the alternate ending or not. I'm going to be honest, I, I don't know as much about the physical release of Little Shop of Horrors. That would be a lot of fun to be honest. Uh let's see. Laura says, "Interesting in no time how in almost every scene the sun was setting." <laughs> yeah, that's something I that's something that went over my head, but that's actually a very good point. Yeah, interesting how the time of day is just completely random, you know? I still I still can't get over really towards the end when ba- basic story elements are just dropped. So, you know, having the, the the young girl character, I'll try to avoid spoilers at least for until this weekend, after a week at that point. If you really care that much about spoilers about anything and it's been a week, then you don't then obviously you don't care that much about seeing it um, or about the spoilers for that matter. But when the little girl in the film is being held hostage and then all of a sudden she's just you know, she, she bites the guy and then he's like, Oh, you don't want to be with me anymore. Okay. And then just lets her go. And it's like, what? And then he runs off to, to meet with the sellers. And then all of a sudden, then he's by himself, I guess, again, gave up on the sellers and, and then the ending, it's just like, what? It didn't make any sense. It was, they clearly had spent so much time trying to establish the beginning and do a lot of interesting callbacks and do a lot of stuff that when you really dive into it, doesn't make a lot of sense continuity wise, just for them to end the film in such an odd way. Anyway, uh, Andrew Hayes says the university I work for will not be closing for fall break. So we can end the semester's instruction period during exams before Thanksgiving. Too many, quote befores ah yes interesting i know that we did that last year we skipped fall break and then had about a month or so off for christmas which was nice it's nice in its own way but it's very nice to have a a nice clean break between quarters 
And then the second quarter always just goes by faster because you're in October already when you get back. Then you have November to Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, it's just a few weeks until Christmas. So it's just it, it's a lot more broken up compared to the beginning of, of the year. Forever Sci-Fi says, I love MXC. Um, ah, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Soul Assassin says, MXC was a Japanese game show where all the contestants would go through obstacles to win. And it was the most extreme elimination challenge. Okay, yes. So I know it as most extreme elimination challenge. So I wasn't catching it because of the MXC. Um, <laughs> because of the MXC is not how I remembered it. But yeah, it wasn't that the show where they would dub it with um, with fake American voices or English voices, I should say, fake English voices where they would like introduce themselves and they would say something really random. And then the, the commentators would also have the English dubbing because if that's the show you're all talking about, yes. I watched that stuff all the time. I think it was in high school, and I, like I would, it would come on like all the time, and it was hilarious. So I think that's what y'all are talking about, and uh, it's great. Uh, Kevateno, Calverman, Che, what's going on? Sherry Allen, what's up? Says that's great. That baby Thor is doing great. You both have special with baby Thor. It's really important that the baby Thor's development for my own experience of having a baby. Nice, Sherry Allen. Yeah, it, it is nice just to have. Right, those those different times where obviously there's time that we have together in the evenings, which is why uh, my time is always very specific about. No, I'm streaming from you know at this specific time on my Tuesdays and Saturdays, Friday night tights. I have to have a very specific length of time. Um, and beforehand, but you know, before he was at the point where we could kind of move bath time around, you know, I would always leave for about 10, 15 minutes because I had. You know, bath time, right? Splashy, splashy time is this very special time. Is it's like it's dad time, it's dad bonding time, and um, so yeah, and that's and that's also why a lot of times when people like invite me on to shows, it's like, nah, I just I, I don't want to give up that extra time because I already have you know random Sundays where I'll have three four hours with my chosen of Valhalla, uh, which is always fun, always great, but I can only really do that once a month. And then also once a month during usually either Monday, Wednesday, or Thursday, I film the podcast that I do with, with, with John Flickinger. And so I can, again, only really do that once a month and and feel comfortable with losing that time. So anyway, a little side note there, Daniel Thorne, happy Tuesday to you as well. Uh, Hardwick comes in to say before reviewing legend, be sure to watch both the director's cut and theatrical cut which are both on the Blu-ray. They are very different and even have different musical scores. Yeah, you know, but I don't really want to watch a film more than once that I have never seen before in the first place. So I think that instead I'm just going to watch the director's cut. I'm just going to go with the director's cut. Because if that is the vision that Ridley Scott had in mind, then that's the only vision I care about watching. So I, I will just be watching that that version. I would rather watch other films than watching the same film again differently. Unless I love the film and and love it so much that I want to see every version of it, then I, I probably will just, you know, pass on that. Harry says, the director's cut has Jerry Goldsmith's score, while the theatrical cut has a Tangerine Dream score. Vastly prefer the director's cut. Uh, most of the time, director's cuts are better, especially when it is an actual director's cut. <laughs> Laura says, I'm still trying to figure out why I hate No Time more than The Last Jedi. That is interesting. I can understand it to an extent, but yeah, I definitely don't hate don't hate it as much as... Because I think it comes down to The Last Jedi 
did so much damage to the Star Wars universe and then was also in the middle of a new trilogy. Whereas this is at the end of the the specific time for Daniel Craig. Based on what they're doing and what they do in this film, it seems to kind of put a very clear endpoint and also seems to call into question timelines as well. So there is, I think, I guess more reason to hope. It, it's not a very bright hope. It's not a very big hope, but I think there's more reason to hope with James Bond's future than Star Wars, if that makes any sense. See, Andrew Hayes says, Stand By Me was another good Rob Reiner movie. Yeah, it is. And another film that you don't typically think about being one either. Yeah, Liquid Blake, Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, Kara Tharp, thank you. Yeah, he was Eddie the Eagle. And again, he, he was able to play that nerd character pretty well. I wasn't able to see the film itself, but I was able to watch enough of it to, or, or see enough of it in the trailer to see the characterization. And he, he seemed to pull it off pretty well. Uh, Let's Go Brandon says, did you cry while watching Dear Evan Hansen? There were a couple of moments where I did tear up. I'm not going to lie. And I I realized that during those moments, it was not because of the way it was shot. It was not because of the way it was being presented. It was because of the song. And just being able to have any type of visual at all with the songs, which I've known the score for Dear Evan Hansen for years now at this point. It's a beautiful score. If you've never listened to it and you like musical theater, Highly recommend the score. It's it's fantastic. Really great songs. Really great messaging, too. And I guess I'll talk a little bit about Dear Evan Hansen. I'll do a full review of it maybe tomorrow morning. But my issue with Dear Evan Hansen is that it has got to be the least musical musical movie I've seen in a very long time. And what I mean by that is in the very beginning, it, it starts off with a song sung by the main character, Evan Hansen, uh, played by Ben Platt. And normally in a musical when you have the lead character singing and eventually towards the end or the middle, right? You have choruses that come in, other characters that come in. Well, this song, it's just him. And at the end, he's supposed to be backed up by the chorus. And it's supposed to be the other students at the school as they're walking around them, right? He's singing, you know, on the outside, always looking in. Will I ever be more than I've always been? Cause I'm tap, tap, tapping on the glass, waving through a window. And it's backed up with these really beautiful harmonies. Those harmonies exist, But when he's in the school and going through this, no one's singing. It's just him. He's the only one singing. And it happens several times in the movie where there's like supposed to be choruses singing in the background. And all the people in the background are literally just background fluff. Just random people doing random things. Just extra stuff. Like not even pretending to sing. And it it bothered me so much because it's like, no, if you're going to do a musical, do a musical. Do it right. But from the very get-go, I was like, okay, this is a weird choice. And then they, they cut songs from the musical as well. Some of them are some of my favorite songs from the musical. Or they cut, I think, three or four songs from the musical. They then also added and wrote a new song. They diminished one character who had a couple of songs. Um, they diminished his character and instead gave more to uh, one of the other characters and actually wrote a song for her instead. And it's a beautiful song. It fits within the realm of the story too, but it was like, wait a minute, why are you diminishing this one character who is persistently seen throughout the show? It's a character who dies in the very beginning. Again, not really spoiling much here because it's kind of the basic premise of the show. So a character who dies in the very beginning 
who Evan Hansen is pretending uh, because he basically struggles with anxiety and depression. And so he's put on the spot and he's he's basically asked by the parents of of this kid who's died saying, hey, you were his only friend. You know, we have this letter here and it was a, it was a just misunderstanding. And he gets so uh, caught up in it that he just starts to lie. He just starts to make stuff up, says anything to try and make them happy. And then eventually becomes so big that it comes crashing down. But in those moments, they they have these these scenes where this character essentially comes back to life in the songs and in the music. So they diminish that part. They do a, a one song where that character is featured and is singing in this like fake flashback because they're rewriting this history that doesn't actually exist. But then at the same time, they after that song drop him. You don't really see him at any other point in in the film. And in the musical, he has a couple other parts that, that kind of come in where he's almost like this, this, this thing in the mind of the main character that he can't quite get out of because he's gotten so deep into it, he can't drop it. And instead of doing that, though, they decide to give this other character who is more of a side character in the original musical to give her more of a central focus. And that bothered me. It just did. It was like, okay, there's why would you change this in this way that would lead you to drop so many songs? And there were other songs that were dropped. Also, uh, I'm actually a fan of the acting style of, um, oh my goodness, I don't know why I'm blanking out on her name. Julianne Moore is in the film. But the end song that she sings that she's supposed to be really emotional with, it was not good. Like, her voice was fine, but the emotion wasn't there. There's more emotion if you listen to the soundtrack, if you listen to the Broadway, original Broadway cast soundtrack, than if you were to see the version that was done by her. So, and there's tons of other stuff that I can talk about and we'll talk about in the review, but it was very disappointing. It was very disappointing. And it was on a basic level disappointing. Because the score, for the most part, is still beautiful, right? The stuff in there is still really good. As far as like the actual lyrics and and the core songs that I love, but yeah. Anyway, Andrew Hayes, I watched Black Widow recently. Actually, enjoyed the movie. After everything I heard about it, I thought I wouldn't going to have to give Shang Chi a try. Still hate the Last Jedi. Yeah, and I don't know how you liked it to be honest, because I, there's just so many. As I said, there's just so many objective flaws with Black Widow. I just can't can't get past. Uh, ZK man, what's up, dude? Says, dang, been been busy all day looking at houses. I forgot this was Tuesday. How did it all? Hope everyone's doing well. K man, moving already? Or has this been the has this been the uh, plan all along? Uh, Andrew Hoyle's member says Chris Evans was also in talks to play Doctor Scrivello, the dentist. Just gets better. Chris Evans, no, no. And that's the other issue too is that basically the Julianne Moore thing I was talking about with Dear Evan Hansen, it's like they cast her because she's a name. But she's not even that big enough a name to bring in anybody. No one's going to see the film. The film's a box office bust. So it's like you you brought her in to be a name to bring more attention, and it ended up not doing it. And you could have gotten a trained Broadway actor who could have at least sung it in a way that, that would have made it believable. 70B, what's going on? Welcome back. Mike Jackson in the chats. Hello to you, good sir. Uh, Bruce uh, says, ScarJo has done the full Monty in a movie. Don't let any fake 
fake division of uh, fake activision of hers fulia well also i think that was earlier on in her career and in a recent interview she seems to kind of like admit to choices she made earlier in her career and kind of saying that she's moved past those so no actually i would i i would say right now in her career she would not take on a role like audrey unless the film was going to change the way that audrey is presented because in the original show in the musical rendition maybe in the original i would assume too she is a ditzy blonde who dreams of being a housewife and is in an abusive relationship. I don't see them doing that role the same way with no changes. I just don't. In modern Hollywood, I just don't see them doing that. And because of that, I just can't see... um, The only reason ScarJo would ever be involved is if they do change it. That's the other uh, reason there, too. Uh, Bruce says, I have the musical release with both endings. Nice. Okay, so there is a, a, a hard... Uh, copy of it available physical media version good to hear hardwick says taron edgerton seymour scarjo audrey chris evans oren and billy porter uh, again that's just that's terrible casting i hope i hope it is completely false regard to gary what's going on dude welcome cacao what's going on cacao thank you for being here g monkey 76 tag to say little shop of horrors watch party for halloween uh maybe Maybe. I don't know if we have a show on Halloween. I think Halloween's on a weekend. Uh, yeah, it's on a Sunday. So there there shouldn't be any stream on that day. So probably not on Halloween because I will be watching. Obviously, I'll be spending uh, Baby Thor. We'll be old enough now to kind of, I guess, have a Halloween. And um, so that and then I have a family tradition where we watch The Addams Family. Uh, the live-action Adams Family films, which are just phenomenal. If you've never seen them, highly recommend them. Uh, Hardwick, no, I have not seen uh, Bucket of Blood. It is his little shop of horrors are very similar, essentially companion pieces. No, I haven't. So what you're saying is that it's not. So it's it's related, but it's not actually Little Shop. I don't know. I don't. I don't quite understand that. But no, I've not seen that. Uh, Joey Horn says the American version of MXC is Wipeout. Yeah, so Wipeout is the American version, but what I'm talking about is MXC. How I remember it was it was the original uh, Japanese um, performers participants, but it was dubbed over with English. That's the one I remember. Don't get eliminated. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense now. I was like, that that sounds familiar to me. <laughs> Uh, Pete Zahoot, welcome, 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 welcome. Also, prayers out to Stephanie B's mom. Absolutely, Low Pro. What's going on, Low Pro? How's it going, bro? Says Ah Legend, a movie from before Ridley Scott lost his damn mind. Oh, really? So it's a good film. I, I had some people when I mentioned it the other day say, "Ooh, that film." So <laughs> I guess there's some mixed emotions about it. Maybe it's because of seeing a certain cut of the film. I would guess. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Let's see. Daniel Thorne says, Did you notice in the newer Eternal spot, they said Eternals assemble? Can't they come up with anything new? Why copy an Avengers line? I didn't even catch that, to be honest. I was like, oh, look, new footage. Oh, look, I'm just as not interested as I was before. (laughs) Glad to hear it, Sherry Allen. 
Uh, let's see, Rob D. tagged to say, are there any films you know of that have a lot of different editions? I think there's seven. Edi- yeah, so that's the one I know of that has that many editions. I actually have that copy. It's the collector's edition copy of Blade Runner. And my goal is that at some point in my life, I want to see every cut of the film. Now, I know that there's a few that are so similar that it may not even be worth watching in a close proximity. So it'd be more of a, hey, I haven't watched the film this year. Let me watch the this specific cut of the film instead. The one that I do want to watch because it is so different, though, and it's the one that most people like the least is the American, the original American release with the dub, with the voiceover. Because I've never seen that version before. The first time I watched the film was the final cut. Which was phenomenal. But I want to see the other ones too. Uh, Andrew Hoyle says, Will you be reviewing Fauci? I hear it's a triumph and has a score of 91% on Rotten Tomatoes and they're never wrong. Ah, you must have skipped over the 2 or 3% audience score it has on Rotten Tomatoes. And no, I have no intention of watching that film because I don't want to see any more of that man. That man deserves to be in prison. And I'm not even exaggerating. He deserves to be in prison. Not mincing words there. Not mincing words there at all. Oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway. Um, let us see. What do we got? Harwick says, Today is the 61st anniversary of the day that 17-year-old Otoya Yamaguchi stabbed the leader of the Japan Socialist Party to death with a samurai sword on live television. I never even heard of that. It sounds gruesome. Never even heard of that before, though, to be honest. I'm sure the footage is out there. I have no intention of seeing someone get stabbed in real life, but interesting. Harvey Weinstein, what is going on? Uh, Laura says, my dad loves Bond and took me to see The Spy Who Loved Me. This feels like the end of an era, not a new beginning. Laura, I agree. No, I agree. Um, and, and I mentioned this in my review, but there was a guy who waited till the very end to see if the, you know, the standard, like they always do, right, or more recently done, right, James Bond will return. And uh, it was because of the events that happened in the film, there was this comment he made where he just says, you know, huh, I'd like to see how they're going to try to figure that out. Like, it was just so funny to me because it's like, all right, this guy clearly probably is, is a hardcore bond fan. He He's just like, okay, I don't even know where you're going to go with this. Uh, Laura story. Thank you very much for the $5 donation by Streamlabs. Thank you, Laura, for donating by Streamlabs. YouTube ain't got none of that. And then Laura says, Gomez last night, you were unhinged. You're like some desperate, howling demon. You frightened me. Do it again. <laughs> You're welcome for that line reading. <laughs> ah, such a good line, though. I love that movie. <laughs> of course, you, you choose like one of the more seductive lines in the film and not one of the other. <laughs> oh. I love the first and second equally for different reasons. But the first film, when they're in the hotel and Gomez is watching TV, there's just a couple of moments that get me every single time. What? And Miss Gilligan? 
And then he calls into the show where they're talking about voodoo witch doctors. Um, <laughs> and he goes, hello, Sally. Mr. Adams, please stop calling. We do not know where they meet. <laughs> oh, it's so good. While the grandma's outside, here, yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. Dinner's going to be late. Oh, I love those films. So good. Soul Assassin, tag to say, is Odin saying Evan Hansen or Evanescence? Bring me to life. Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen, it's a Broadway musical that's been adapted into a movie. What is so hard to understand about this? Uh, Andrew Hayes. The Abyss has two different versions that have very different feels to them if you didn't bring them up already. Uh, I didn't bring those up, but the other question was about more than just two versions of it. I have seen The Abyss. I think I've only seen... The official version. I think I've only seen the official version, though. So, anyway. Let me see what this is. Ooh, interesting. Oh, boy. So, this is exciting. So, I just found out that I... So, thanks to... Shout out to John Flickinger, because he, he got me uh, hooked up to be able to make requests when uh, movies become available. I don't always get every movie, but I I've been getting a lot more recently, obviously with more films coming out. I, I just got confirmed because I'll put out for films, even if it's films, I have no interest, any genuine interest in. And this is the only way that I was ever going to watch this film unless it was ev ever available on like HBO max or Netflix or something like that. Um, I just got confirmation that I will be receiving snake eyes. <laughs> I'm getting snake eyes. I'm watching snake eyes and I'm reviewing it. Because they're sending me a copy. <laughs> I, I usually Lionsgate is the is one of the only studios that sends me things. So is it Lionsgate that did that one? If so, shout out to Lionsgate. Lionsgate and Universal are the two studios that I can get films sent to me for. I thought that was get some pretty good ones. I got a Quiet Place Part Two on 4K, which was awesome because I love that film. Um, got the Green Knight on 4K, which is another film I really enjoyed, despite the fact that the uh, special features were not as as enthralling. But, uh, yeah, Snake Eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that makes me happy. Uh, Keely Chow, what is going on, Keely Chow? Welcome. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Uh, still talking about The Abyss, Andrew is. Says, special edition is the best director's cut ever made. Again, I, I liked The Abyss. I gave a review of The Abyss. So if you want to hear my full thoughts on it, check out the video from a while back. Um, but yeah, I, I, I generally liked it. It's a film that I honestly can't remember if I loved it or not. <laughs> I can't even remember if I loved it or not. I want to say the version I watched the, was the special edition, I think. Uh, cause the biggest issue with that film is that Cameron has been kind of dragging his feet to put out like a proper legit, like 4k release. I think I saw it may have been on like Amazon prime. It was available. Like the digital version was available. So maybe you've only seen, maybe I haven't seen the director's cut. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's James Cameron's fault though. Uh, the K man says to answer the question about moving plan was to stay with someone to get out of the NW until I could actually purchase. A house. Nice K man. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. Glad to hear it though. James Richards. What's going on? Welcome. Uh, CW Trixie. What's going on? Uh, Andrew Hayes says, whether people do or don't enjoy a movie is pretty subjective. While I do understand the complaints, I went into the Black Widow movie wanting to give it a benefit of the doubt. So yeah, enjoyment of the film, absolutely, that is subjective. But 
there are objective elements of filmmaking and when it comes to black widow there are very very clear objective flaws especially in the storytelling um that are just not good but again if you enjoyed it that that is your opinion as long as we can agree that there are clear objective flaws rob d what's baby thor going as for halloween i don't know if we've decided yet he he actually went as he went as thor last year and as um senor rogers we we turned him into hispanic mr rogers i don't know why um it was just an idea at the time but i mean he was so young then i i mean he was only a, a couple weeks old at that point so he wasn't really in the position to really like have a halloween so it's kind of like throughout the day we dressed him in a couple of things and that was pretty much it but <laughs> he'll actually be able to go as something this year i don't know if we've decided um or not i think that there are some costumes that have been purchased because obviously with the birthday coming up uh birthday celebration will be coming up this weekend um i'm assuming we'll be getting stuff for halloween at some point but Andrew Hayes says, I'm not insinuating anyone who did watch Black Widow and didn't like it weren't giving it the movie a chance either. No, and again, as, as I said, you know, because it's objectively flawed, anyone who dislikes it, I think it makes complete sense. However, I think you have a good point there. I think there are people that do dislike or are impacted by the opinions of others. And I tend to be the opposite because normally if I go in, kind of like what you did, if I go in with very low expectations and it's not as terrible as I thought it would be, then normally I come out with a much more positive thought, a much more positive opinion, unless it's a really bad movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Rosie G12, who's a member, there it is. As I said, I thought I remember hearing some people say that Legend was not good. So Rosie G12 giving it a thumbs down. Uh, Evan S says, I love Adam's Family 2. Joan Cusack's role is my favorite. Oh, Joan Cusack just steals that film debbie oh man her and christopher lloyd both are just phenomenal but then also everything that there's just here's the thing she owns it but then there's so many great supporting characters i I mean the 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 granger siblings or no they're married uh the grangers at the camp at the summer camp they're phenomenal oh my goodness i love that part so much The fact that they get to one of the kids and they say, and Jamal, Jamal, whatever. And it's Jamal. <laughs> There's just so many like subtle things that happen in the film that are great. Uh, Orange Hat says, Legend had a TV cut back in the 80s that had some director's cut scenes added into the theatrical. I remember them doing stuff like that for other films. I know that there was a TV cut, for instance, of the movie... Um, Oh my goodness. There was a TV cut of the Goonies. And I remember because the TV cut had the extra scene at the convenience store, which is a great scene. And then also the octopus, or maybe it skipped the octopus. It was like you either got one or the other. And uh, yeah, anyone who's seen those films knows what I'm talking about though. Hardwick. They might might base the new Little Shop of Horrors in the original Corman movie rather than the later Broadway movie musicals. I don't recall Audrey daydreaming about being a housewife in the original. So 
again, if they're doing Little Shop of Horrors and you just said that the original's called Bucket of Blood, then no, it would it would mean that it's going to be a remake of Little Shop of Horrors. And if they're bringing in someone like Billy Porter to play, play Audrey 2, that by its very, and also the dentist and everything, that by its very nature says they are going into that direction. So... I don't think there's any way that they would be doing the original Corman film. That doesn't even make any sense. I haven't even seen the original Corman film, but is the original Corman film even a musical? And if it's not a musical and it doesn't have those characters in it, then I don't understand the point. <laughs> don't it's just it's one of the things, one of the times where I just don't 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 know where you're trying to go with this one. Uh, C.W. Trixie says, speaking of As Family, it's very tough to beat the Raul Julia live-action movies and the 90s animated series. Yeah, the series was pretty fun, too. And, yeah, no one can replace him. I, I, I mean, I've never seen Adam's Family 3, which is Family Reunion. And it's not that they didn't try. I, I mean, they were able to get... Um, Oh, my goodness. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. I can literally see him in every single role he has been in in a film. But even he wasn't enough to be able to make me ever want to watch it. So, because Raul Julia, he just fit that part so well. Like, he he was iconic in that role. Truly iconic. Sherry Allen says, I'm looking forward to watching Snoopy Halloween for Peanuts with my... Oh, nice. Yeah, it's always good to like go back to those classics, you know? Uh, Bruce says, in the original Little Shop, Jack Nielsen played the Bill Murray part. I could... And, and that's the thing, is that I, I, I just couldn't see that. And, and that's why I'm so confused. Because Hardwick will go off on these long rants and the context gets lost so so easily. Because he mentions Bucket of Blood as if that was the original film. But if there's another film that was Little Shop of Horrors, then... Thank you, Andrew Hoyle. Tim Curry, that was what I was looking for. Shout out to Andrew Hoyle for getting the name in uh, quickly. Yes, absolutely. Tim Curry was the one they had in that film. And again, I love Tim Curry. I think Tim Curry is great. Um, But he's not Raul Julia, you know? Anyway... 70B, life is gritty. We can see things that shock us and it makes us value life. Amen. Absolutely. No doubt about that. By the way, if you are watching on YouTube, please make sure you smash that like button, please. 54 people still watching. You guys are the core, the core, the core people. Thank you for being here. Uh, let's see. Hardwick, did you know that Fauci was involved in experiments that involved locking beagles' heads in cages full of starving flies for months on end? No, but it wouldn't surprise me. And as I said, and I will continue to say this, he should be in prison for much worse things, specifically advocating policies that definitely led to the deaths of people. Much like Governor Cuomo, for that matter. Andrew Hoyle says, Odin coming in with a manly squeal there. Ooh, manly squeal, you say. Uh, G-Monkey, original Adams Family might be the only and last movie based on a TV show that's as good or better than the original. Oh, I think it's better. And there might be some fans of the original series out there. I- I've seen the original series, and it's fine. Obviously, it's based off of, you know, it's based off the comic. But I, I would much rather watch those movies. 
on repeat. No, no doubt about it. <laughs> Some people making references to the film Snake Eyes. Harwick says, I recently read an article that said The Abyss and True Lies will never be on 4K disc because of certain rights issues. No, and that's the thing is that I doubt it's rights issues. I think it's James Cameron is spending all of his time in Avatar Land and doesn't want to do anything else. And so even if there were some type of some type of rights issue, he could totally destroy it. I, I mean, he's James Cameron. He's got all the money in the world, and he's wasting it on Avatar. There's no doubt in my mind that if he wanted to get that done, he could get it done, but he's not going to because, as I said, he's too, as I like to always imagine, he's playing footsies with Avatar. He's playing footsies with the giant blue Smurf people, with the Na'vi. And I, I, I hope, there's never been a time where I've really hoped a franchise fails, even with modern Disney stuff not wanting it to succeed, I've never actually wished for the failure of a franchise other than with Avatar because of how much I hated that original movie and how ticked off I am that they're making like five more of them. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Uh, So again, even if there were a rights issue, that's, that's not the reason why it's not getting done. It's not getting done because of Cameron. He could do it if he wanted to. Uh, let's see. Andrew Hoyle says, I saw all I wanted to see of the Black Widow thanks to Mahler. Boom, there you go. And it's always very nice when he's able to do those versions of the films where you can you know, actually watch the movie and not actually have to watch the movie. Evan S. says, also in As Family 2, Peter McNeil um, takes a book away and bullies from David Krumholtz. The two work together on the show Numbers. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize that. And let's see. Andrew Hayes says, you should dress baby Thor as day of the dead version of Mr. Rogers. (laughs) How about no, Scott? How about no? (laughs) All righty. Stephanie B, you have a great night. Thank you for being here even for a little bit. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Daniel Thorne tagged to say, 50 years ago today, Jesus Christ Superstar, The Rock Opera by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice opened on Broadway. See, now that is an anniversary that I can at least understand. <laughs> Speaking of a fun musical, heretical is all get out, but it is a fun musical. And it's not meant to be a a, a accurate portrayal either, obviously. Um, but it is, it's got a fun music in it. The role of Judas in that has some of the like the opening song alone is just it's got that funky beat bump 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 da bump a dump a dump bump 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 da bump a dump a dump my eyes are clearer now at last all too well I can see where we all soon will be if you strip away the myth from the man you will find Jesus you started to believe the things that shut of you. You really do believe this talk of God is true. Sorry, my voice is very tired. Um, but anyway, had to, had to sing it. So much fun. Uh, Andrew <laughs> Bruce says, in the original Little Shop, Jack Nielsen played the Bill Murray part. Yeah, someone already mentioned that. 
Y'all need to read each other's comments, bros. Y'all need to read each other's comments, man. Uh, RoseZG12 says, Hi, I like and respect you all, so I'm asking a favor. Please no talk of animal torture. It really breaks me. Thank you. Oh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, as I said, it was a very w- random thing that he brought up. I had no idea why I was doing that. So uh, it bothers me too. Bothers me too. So I totally get it. So I would say, and I would second that request. Grandmas Yoda says, I called 007 flat, predictable, underwhelming, and lacking excitement as the final film. How much will you agree on that? I gave my review. <laughs> so, again, my, my review is what it says. So that's what I'll say about it. Because I am still incredibly confused about it, to be perfectly honest. I am still incredibly uh, broken on it, to be honest. Harvey says, A Bucket of Blood and the original Shop of Horrors, both directed by Roger Corman, are not the same movie. I said they're similar. They make good companion pieces, neither are musicals. Okay. The way you worded it the first time, the way you worded it the first time, made it seem like you were referencing the musical version of Little Shop of Horrors. So... That's why it's always be careful with your wording because sometimes, again, as I said, sometimes you go off on a, on some tangents and it doesn't make sense. So that makes a lot more sense. That is crystal clear. So thank you for that. Um, okay, then I don't really think I'd ever really want to watch the Corman version then if it's not a musical, to be honest. <laughs> I don't see, I don't feel like, I don't understand how it could be fun, especially if Jack Nicholson's playing the Bill Murray part. How is that fun? Uh, let's see. Hardwick said, Jack Nicholson was only in a few minutes of Little Shop, but he was hilarious in it. Really? I don't really see him as as a comedy type. I mean, I know he's been in comedies before, but that's just not really his his style, I feel. Uh, Bruce says, you hated Avatar? Oh my goodness, what a surprise. Uh, Evan S. says, I never saw Avatar. The only Avatar for me, Ben's heir. Yeah, it's so funny because I'll make references to how I hate Avatar. And sometimes I'll have students that'll like freak out. And they'll be like, what do you mean? And I'm like, by the way, I don't mean the anime. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I have students that are fans of the anime. And then when I say, no, the one about the giant blue Smurf people, most of them are like at that point, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Most of them, at least. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> let's see. Andrew Hayes says it's so sad that Avatar sequels will be the last movies Jim, uh, James Cameron might ever make. Yeah, it is. Really is sad. It really is because they're just not good. Uh, let's see. Sherry Allen says great single. Thank you. I appreciate that. Join Culture and Tom on Sing Times, an awesome one. Again, I just I don't have the time to dedicate <laughs> to other streams. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Soul Assassin says, Day of the Dead, Mr. Rogers would be epic. Anyone give a crap? You say you got my Latin seal of approval. <laughs> sure. Uh, Matthew Highland says, If I was you, I would just watch Mahler's EFAP on Shang-Chi, watching the panel explain the movie to rags who didn't see it. Oh, that's interesting. Did they do one of the versions where they actually are watching the film and because of their commentary and because of the way they do it, it's like available for you to be able to actually see. I'd be interested in that. Um, Let's see. Rob D says, who do you think has more Blu-rays or 4Ks? You or John the Flick Flick Flick? I think John has more 4K. He, he definitely has more 4Ks than I do because he started 
collecting the 4Ks before I did. And he gets sent a lot more 4Ks than I do, sadly. Oh, I'm so jealous of... He got this beautiful collection for Shawshank Redemption. And I'm very upset that that I wasn't able to even request it. But for Blu-ray, uh, for Blu-rays, I still think he has more. I think... Because he has some on display, but then there's others that he doesn't have room for, I think. And I know he's been selling... I know he sold his DVDs recently. So... I would not be surprised if he still has uh, more there. Uh, let's see. Rosie says, oh, no criticism. Anyone was meant whatsoever. This is a wonderful streaming group. Yeah, yeah, again. No, the criticism was mine. So. <laughs> Howard says, keep in mind the Broadway musical Bloodshop was based on the original Corman movie, not the other way around. I'd recommend the original It's Good Dark Comedy. I never thought it was seeing that the original was in the 1960s. (laughs) Oh man. And again, I, if there's no music in it, I just don't know if I could even watch the film at that point. I really don't. I just, I don't, I don't see myself enjoying it. If there's no music, I don't see myself enjoying it. Alrighty. Well, I'm caught up with the chat. This is a rarity here on, OMB reviews. And so I think we'll just go ahead and, and end the show early today. That way I can get to my ice cream and spend a little time with Freya. Eric Zad says, will I eventually get all the Criterion Blu-rays? I want to get a copy of Criterion's La Dolce Vita. Probably not because there's some movies I honestly have no interest in getting on Criterion, to be perfectly honest. Again, there's just some movies that are just weird and obscure. And I just, no, thank you. Not, not really my thing. Not really my, my, my cup of tea. Um, so I I think that I'm going to get a lot more of the Criterion Collection eventually, because there's some really great films that I have not gotten yet. I don't know if I've gotten all of the Japanese films from Criterion that I want to get. So yeah, there's definitely a lot more Criterion films that I'm going to get, but to get all of them, one, I think is at this point impossible unless you're willing to spend a a big penny, because there's certain releases that have only ever been released on DVD and are out of print and incredibly rare, etc. So, yeah, I think that that is something that would, you know, probably keep me from from that. But yeah, Eric Zod, good good question. Definitely want to get more though. See Harwick, I've seen a lot of different opinions on Legend. It seems to be a divisive movie, but personally, I think the director's cut is great. It's gorgeous, atmospheric, and whimsical. Glad that you enjoy it. What flavor of ice cream? I have a delightful cookies and cream, and it's it's awesome. I'm running low on it, though, so it might be a mixture of that with my wife's favorite, which is cookie dough. So having both of those together is just, ah, it's the it's beautiful it's delightful it's it's fantastic and i love it and i love it i didn't skip anyone's i didn't skip anyone's comments the only thing that could have happened is is that you didn't tag me or that you misspelled something or you didn't put odin at the very beginning of the comment if Odin's not at the very beginning of the comment and it's buried somewhere in, in between, yeah, maybe I'm I'm probably not going to read it because I'm not going to see it. Don't don't talk to me about skipping comments. 
as as Tina is now spamming with Denise. Lord. How far ago? I mean, if you're just bringing this up, if this was a long time ago and you're just bringing this up now, then I'm not going to be able to, to, to bring it up. But I'm going back through. I say, I saw Stephanie B's comment about her leaving. Okay. I got that one. Okay, I got the Bruce one. It was just a repeat of information that that we had already known. I got the Grandmaster Yoda comment. I got a Hardwick comment. This is, again, the order in which they were. This is from a long time ago. It's too late to be mentioning that. I have another Hardwick one. I have the Bruce when he says you hated Avatar. There's the one from Evan S. You're making me go crazy now. There's a sad comment about Andrew, uh, about from Andrew Hayes about him. There's Matthew Highland's comment. So again, it isn't here. Unless it might be this one. Maybe I had it highlighted and I forgot. Sometimes that's what happens. So I assume this is what it is. Tina says, it was a very early role for Jack. He did a couple of Corman movies, including The Raven with Karloff and Vincent Price and Peter Laurie, which is hysterical on purpose. Interesting. Okay, got to it. Boom. There it is. Got to it. Got to it. I think, I think Bruce... So I was wrong on that one, Tina. You were correct. I think, though, because you know this happens sometimes, I'll have a comment highlighted, and then I'll forget that I highlighted a new comment, and then I'll just move on from it. So, anyway. Apologies, Tina. (laughs) Oh, Tina. Tina's salty tonight. Tina is salty tonight. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. There's the Denise comment. Joey Horn laughing, liking that. Yes, Samurai Vader. I see you. I see you. (laughs) How many days until Dune releases? 10 days. We are 10 days out. October 22nd is when it debuts here in America. Uh, Eric Zod says, Do you have a favorite on Criterion or one that you would recommend? Anything by Kurosawa. I would recommend anything by Kurosawa is an easy recommend for Criterion. Um, Let's see. His Girl Friday is a great film that's available on Criterion. So, yeah, I would say anything by Kurosawa. And also the, I think it's a Criterion release, uh, Zatoichi franchise. See, G-Monkey tagged and said now i got to go get some gelato thanks you're welcome you're welcome yeah bruce yeah bruce yeah bruce what you gotta say bruce what's going on bruce and here he adds it it's this one the two star two stars of jesus christ superstar reprised their role on stage and i got to see it back in the 1990s dude the original jesus can still even in his like 70s or 80s he can still hit those notes he can still hit those notes in Gethsemane. There was like a video up from like a year or two ago. Like it's it's insane. It's insane. 
Chuck Barrington, thank you. I had pepperoni pizza tonight, actually. Uh, Andrew Hayes then says, I think the best Kurosawa is High and Low. I've actually never seen High and Low. I own it. I do own High and Low. It's on my list of things to watch, uh, but I haven't watched that one yet. Some of my favorite... I actually love... There's one Kurosawa film that is not available on Criterion Blu-ray that I love, and it is the... um, Oh, my goodness. I don't know why I want to say the lower depths. I think it's, I think I want to say it's the lower depths, right? That's the name of it, right? Let me see. I don't know why I feel like it's, that's a different film than the one I'm thinking of. Do, 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 do. Yes, it is the lower depths. So it was only ever released on DVD and it was released as a, like a double film with the previous, I think it was a French version of the story and by uh, Jean Renoir. So you got the 1957 Kurosawa and the, the Jean Renoir version as well. And it was only ever on that DVD. They have not done a Blu-ray of that one. The Criterion Channel has an HD version of the film. I love that film. I think that's an incredibly underrated Kurosawa movie. Uh, I, I just love where, how, Everything takes place in the same location. All of the characters that come in and out, it's very well done. But Kurosawa, also, anything that he's done that's based on Shakespeare, brilliant. I mean, Kurosawa, it's hard to say what your favorite Kurosawa film is because he's just done so many great things. I mean, the easy answer is Seven Samurai, but I've seen so many more Kurosawa films since I saw Seven Samurai years ago that I've seen just in the past year or so from Kurosawa where I just love everything he's done. I, there's not a film he has made that I have not liked, at least. Not seen Bad Sleep. It's called Bad Sleep Well? No, I've not seen that one. I've not seen Bad Sleep Well. Uh, Rashomon, yes, Rashomon. Again, I, I've, I have not seen one that I have not at least liked. There's definitely some that are better than others. But, man... Kurosawa is great. Yeah, Eric Zahn, great shot. Akiru, yes. Akiru is is solid. So emotional. Great performance in that film as well. Anyway, that is going to be it for me tonight, everybody. Thank you again for sticking around and for being awesome and amazing people. Please make sure that you smash that like button before you head out. And as we are wrapping things up, let me go ahead and pull up my YouTube members who are at the Army of Asgard level and above because as members at those levels, you get shouted out at the end of every single live stream. So a huge shout out to, as I apply the filter, uh, Hyvacora, GomerKyle79, Soul Extraction, Malvin, Twirly Wolf, Lopro, Farrah Lovely, Valiant Renegade, Jonathan Marshall, Eric K, Cornelius Schultz, Fetigator, Gonzalo Bergali, George Molo, George, Grimm's Math, The Wicked Plumber, Kara Tharp, Dabman Walker 55, M Tax Shock, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie 212, Andrew Hoyle, Orange Chat Reviews, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. And also a shout out because they're not in the shout out video to Kara Tharp and Bifford the Hobbit, who are members over on locals.com. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every single live stream and video, check out links in the description to find out ways to get access to those perks, as well as other perks like giveaways right now. There's currently a giveaway going on for a film. 
Ah, yes. Right now, the giveaway is for Dune, the original, on Blu-ray. It is the special edition where you get the booklet, you get the poster, you get also uh, a lot of extra special features. So there's a giveaway currently live for that. And eventually there will be some giveaways for Psycho, American Psycho rather, on 4K Steelbook will be available. I also have Unbreakable on 4K Steelbook, Sakara on 4K Steelbook, Dread on 4K Steelbook, tons of stuff on 4K Steelbook to give away tons of stuff. So if you want to have access to giveaways for stuff like that, again, check out the link in the description below. Anyway, you guys are all amazing people. Go watch a Kurosawa film. Since that, since that is on the mind right now, do yourself a favor. Go watch yourself a Kurosawa film. I would actually say sign up for the Criterion channel. There is a free trial I think for like seven days, I would say it's worth having it for free for seven days. Just binge watch a bunch of Kurosawa movies, and I think you'll be happy. Happy enough where you might even want to keep the Criterion channel. Maybe. But I would recommend at least getting this the free trial of it because there's just so many great things to have on there. Of course, they've got the Zatoichi franchise on there, which I still need to finish. I'm halfway through the franchise. I need to get all the way to the end of it. Um... But yeah, go watch a Kurosawa film. That is your homework. That is your homework. That is the order. That is the order from Odin of Asgard. Anyway, you're all amazing and beautiful people. Thank you all for being here this evening. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Shout out, of course, to Tina and Steph, my Valk. Shout out to uh, Laura, who was here for a bit earlier as well. And uh, y'all have fun. Hang out in the Discord server as well. Link to that is also in the description in that top link where all of my links are collected together. Anyway. Have a wonderful rest of your night, everybody. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my Patreon subscribe star and locals members. Andrew Hoyle, animation commentator. Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle, 79, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Dion, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Stan Andrian, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe, thank you for being my Patreon members, and a huge shout-out to my Subscribestar members, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean High Slash, the new number two, J-Rod, the Beer Guru, and ZK-Man. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Subscribestar. And to my one Locals member, Robert Barnes, thank you for supporting me over on Locals. And if you want a name shouted out, or your name rather, shouted out at the end of every single live stream and video, please consider joining on one of those platforms, either Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals. Links to that can be found in the description. Look at that top link especially. It's called the Willow link there. It'll give you links to all the social media platforms and also ways to support the channel. If you want to be an Army of Asgard level or above member, you can get access to giveaways that I do every single month. I give away 4Ks, Blu-rays, all kinds of stuff. It is a lot of fun. Also, if you join at the Keeper of the Bifrost level, you get access to all of that. Plus, you get access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickin' 
Messenger. We have a lot of fun. We do that once or twice a month. And if you join at the Chosen of Valhalla level, you get all that. Plus, in your first month, you get a t-shirt of your choice and send anywhere in the world. And also, you get to be featured on the channel once a month on the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where we get to hang out and have a good time. So anyway, if any of that sounds good, check out that link in the top of the video. As I mentioned, you guys are amazing and beautiful people. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.